Okay. Let's do some together. Two times four is? Eight. Two times six is? Twelve. Two times nine is? Eighteen. Excellent. You've been practicing. Pretty soon you'll be able to do any multiplication, whether it's two times seven? Fourteen. Very good. Or thirteen times three hundred and seventy-nine? Four thousand nine hundred twenty-seven. I beg your pardon? I think that's the answer. 13 times 379, 497. It is. Wow. Hey, Michael. Hey, Andrea. When you kid did you ever stare at objects and hope they would move what do you mean by hope they did fuck <laughs> this is twilight sound um. <laughs> you didn't answer the way I, I thought you would and then i was just jealous of your theoretical fake magic powers <laughs> You mean no? My real powers. We can do. We can do a fake one for you. Let's do, let's do it one more time. Take two. No, fuck off. I'm done. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're here once again to discuss some books and uh, and some films. You know, hand in hand adaptions and shit and how it goes. Today we're gonna be talking about uh the good old roll doll classic Matilda. Which, which was written in 1988, and then the film came out in 1995? I'm 1995. I didn't realize it was that old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh... Oh, right. We're old now. Yeah. The things we grew up with are old. <laughs> yeah. And it's great rewatching something from the 90s because, good lord, things from the 90s are very 90s. Yep. But uh, good old Roald Dahl, we all, we all know some of the things that he's written. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I guess is Willy Wonka and the Tro- Chocolate Factory. The BFG, Matilda, obviously. Um, was he the Giving Tree? And we're covering or, no, BFG Shell Silver next week. Yes. And, Wait, uh, what was the question? I was like, was I got the, too excited. I was like, is the Giving Tree roll doll? But I think that's Shel Silverstein. It's Shell, yeah. yeah. Um, God, I love Shell. Anyways, um, but then we, uh, yeah, Matilda. It was. Uh, I was actually surprised by this. It was directed by Danny DeVito, who also stars in the film as well. So that was pretty neat. I didn't oh, realize. And we love- Danny DeVito so much. In November, we're going to do Danny DeVito month. It's yes. going to be all Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes, but I have to say, as a kid, this was my first outing with Danny DeVito. And just seeing him being like a very abusive dad made me hate him so much. And it took me years to like end up being able to watch things with Danny DeVito in it. Yeah. But. I can see that. So we're going to get on into it. Good old, I guess, um... Do you want me to summarize or do you want to summarize it? I mean, I guess I could, but I, I'm I'm a little nervous to summarize things around you. Oh now. my fucking god! 
no, okay, okay, I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to let you say anything. <laughs> so Matilda has two shitty parents and a shitty brother, and she's very smart from a young age, and no one cares. And Matilda starts going to the library at, like, four years old. She's reading every book in the library. She starts reading the adult books when she's done with the children's books. And then one day she finally goes off to school where there is a very nice teacher called Miss Honey and a really horrible principal called Mrs. Trunchbull who is um, really strong. <laughs> like, you know, children's book exaggerated strong. But she's really fun. And she likes to throw kids over the wall by the edge of the school and also put him in the chokey, which is basically an Iron Maiden. And Matilda discovers she has superpowers. She can make things move with her mind. She's got telekinesis. And basically one day she learns from Mrs. Honey that the reason she lives in a really shitty cottage that she visits her in is because a certain someone basically took over her inheritance and put her out of, you know, kicked her out of the house when her dad died. And that person was her aunt, <gasps> Miss Trunchbull. Ooh, -wee, the big reveal. So Matilda's like, I'm going to help you. And one day when Miss Trunchbull's doing her weekly observation of the class, she writes a message on the blackboard like it's from Miss Honey's fa dead father, and it freaks out Miss Trunchbull, and she leaves forever. And then her parents decide to flee the town because her dad's been selling people shitty cars. And people are on to them, and they owe some money, so they want to flee to Spain. And Matilda's like, no, 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 Miss Honey can adopt me. And Miss Honey's like, yeah, okay. And then that's how it ends. It's happy ending. Yay! It all works out. Why read Matilda and spend, you know, just four hours of your life reading a delightful book when you can hear my shit summary in, like, 30 seconds? Yeah, that's all we need. You know, we need to, like... <laughs> Hop on that audible train, but just do like really quick summaries of books. So people don't, so that people that who don't have time, you know, can get it all. I think we can make a... You've heard of drunk history, but have you heard of drunk summary? <laughs> uh, there you go. Cool. No, that was great. Um, so I think like a good place to start is sort of how the stories present themselves in book form versus film form. And we sort of talked about this a little bit before, and uh, I believe you mentioned it where the book still comes off very adultish. Like it's yeah. like it's all like it's actually it was a it was great. Like I read I read this as a kid, but it was actually it was great as an adult to read it. Like Roald Dahl has a fantastic uh, style of writing and keeps you interested. Um the film it's 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 a lot it's a lot more childish and and i guess like i don't know there it is a children's film and but i mean it's a children's book but it's still like very very adult in a way and and how it presents itself and isn't over the top which the film is yeah very true because going back to this, we're now now as an adult, Andrea. Um, and ha did you read Matilda before? I don't think I did. I'd just seen the movie when I was younger. Okay, so like now now we're adults. We're going back and we're and we're watching these things, and we, you know we we have uh, a bit of nostalgia for this because I I grew up watching Matilda a lot. But um, how do you 
like the way the movie presented itself versus the book, I guess. I mean, it's weird because since I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, when I was rereading, I was surprised how close it was to the movie, like how much they kept from the book that I was reading. But then when I got to watching the movie, they had added in some additional things. So as I summarized before, they play a practical joke on Miss Trunchbull, where basically, you know, Matilda's friend Lavender puts a new in the water jug that Miss Trunchbull always demands to have a water jug near her because she's a pro athlete. And the newt freaks her out. And then Matilda tips the jug of water onto her head with her telekinesis. And like, that's pretty much how they scare her out of town. But the movie interjects this whole scene of them running around her house when they try to go get Lissy doll, Mm -hmm. which was Miss Honey's childhood doll. And I mean, it's a very comical scene, but also really spooky because there is a big ass violent woman charging around the house <laughs> after them. And I don't, I'm not even like really mad about it, but it's very young humor, I guess. Like it's not. Yeah. One thing that actually did annoy me about the way that scene was shot is they, they like made the cuts way too dramatic of like she's coming around the corner and they're right there but in like the two seconds it takes her to round the corner they've gone out the window there's a lot of cuts like that where i'm like you don't have to make it that obvious like they're not super speed people (laughs) yeah like i don't know no i'm with you like um i think what would have made that scene better is if it was if because they were going for like that sort of like wacky um, like you were saying with the wacky cuts and and, and sort mm-hmm. of, I guess, almost superhuman uh, everything. Um, but it would have been better if they just kept it extremely suspenseful. Like it's just like a just complete suspense scene and sort of like, you know, you're, you're trying to get around this house with a big brooding character uh, monster like chasing you. Like almost like a Frankenstein, like frankenstein like sort of like a slow moving character who's just like who's like looking at looking after you and trying to find you would be i think played better at least for me i i I felt like that scene went on for way too long there's a couple scenes that went on for way too long than necessary uh and i guess since since i've already said that one scene that that i felt went way way too long and this is going pretty much to the end of the film is uh the uh the haunted classroom scene like it just sort of just keeps going and going for for like a long time and like each like every kid like ends up like pelting miss trunchbull with stuff and it's just like it's like oh everyone gets their revenge and like it doesn't happen in the book it's just the writing on the on the chalkboard and there's something that i like better about that because it's messing with the psyche of Trunchbull instead of just like everyone gets to be gets to physically get their uh revenge and it's I don't know it's 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 weird to me it's weird to me especially like with the Trunchbull character I feel like if she if someone tried to hit Miss Trunchbull she would end up getting pissed off which if you mess with her psyche that's something she can't handle true no that's that that makes sense Mm mm-hmm and also, I really liked that in the book, Matilda physically goes to Miss Honey's house and sees how poor she is. Yeah. Because 
it's like a really good point to bring up in a children's book, especially if, you know, maybe a lot of young kids reading Matilda were living in a secure enough household. You had books, you had people who had time to like make sure you were reading. And so it's like very sobering for these children to learn some people don't have it great. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really good. Like it helped show Matilda maturing as she's seeing how other people live. Because she knows she has abusive parents. I'm not saying Matilda's got a really great life, but they still live in a nice house and she's not worried about survival. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though her dad's a scummy piece of shit, he is providing. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing that I, I, I wish the movie had as well was showing how poor Miss Honey is because it really plays up the whole how horrible Miss Trunchbull is for basically kicking her out of the house that she's should have should be inheriting. She's forced to basic and she's like what what is it? She's also forced to like give up her salary to Miss Trunchbull as well. And then She's left with basically pennies and all can, she can afford is this sh- basically this sh- shed on like a farmer's land. And like it doesn't even have a bathroom in it, if I remember correctly. Like it doesn't have a bathroom. It doesn't have an oven. It doesn't have many of the amenities that you need in a household in order to survive. But Miss Honey makes do and it really uh, makes you love miss honey even more um and feel bad for her but and, and it's and, and in its own way i guess like it's sort of like over the top but it's like it's kind of needed in this type of story yeah and like you know like we were discussing earlier the book covers that and it also covers the fact that you know the quote accepted story is that her father committed suicide mm-hmm. and miss trunchbull you know kicked her out of the house but she you know, entrusts Matilda and, you know, rolled all entrusts, you know, younger readers with the fact that this was probably murder, not suicide. And it's perfectly fine to have that sort of content in a children's book. Kids roll with things much better than people realize. It's not going to traumatize your children mm-hmm. to read about <laughs> something like this. And it's probably good that they encounter it at an early age so they're not shocked by the world later. Hell um, yeah. So I really like when authors are deal with some mature content for their readers and their readers are young. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely like, uh, as someone who liked a lot of dark stories as a kid. And I mean, I loved like the series of unfortunate events and that's where like the fucking like, uh, count Olaf, like killed off the kid's parents and like murdered a bunch of people throughout that entire series. Like it's, it's good to read that type of shit as a kid. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it, it it sort of teaches you how shitty the world can be and how shitty certain humans are, and that you 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 will have to deal with them in in real life. Hopefully, hopefully, our listeners out there aren't dealing with murderers, but I'm sure we've all dealt with shitty people. So there's there's this one like <laughs> section that i i it, it's just, just like a little tidbit that i'm gonna say here um just just something that like i really liked in the book was when uh, matilda's dad is is talking he's like talking about how clever he is and how smart he is and that you know matilda's can't be as clever as her dad and she's like oh 
and, and like he's basically saying that his that only clever men have like great hair like he does and she's like oh you're like a shakespeare you're clever like shakespeare she, and like basically all he cares about he's like oh did he have like a great head of hair and she's like no he was bald <laughs> <laughs> yep and i really liked that that's not in the film but it's uh it was just like a nice little thing and also just shows that matilda does her fucking research on who she's r- reading and uh so the the blonde hair incidents mm-hmm. <laughs> like in a like i mean it's kind of a weird thing anyways i, I guess it's like you know re- you're dealing with parents who are very vain and in some ways it's played up even more so in the movie at least with the mother character but danny devito having blonde hair it wasn't that bad <laughs> no i mean like also it wasn't platinum blonde like it should be but it wasn't that bad <laughs> well okay it's time to that's actually more accurate because i guess we're going to talk about bleach for a second there is like powder bleach i am not an actual hairdresser but i've seen enough people fuck up their hair for entertainment um but basically like especially if you start off with very dark thick hair it won't go to platinum like you'd have to do it a couple of times mm-hmm. um and it i'm sorry it makes way more sense that he like in the book he goes to work and comes home and they're like holy shit your hair is blonde and it's gonna be patchy if you're not because you're just squirting it on like he was with his weird purple goop that's gonna happen yeah but um Whereas in the movie, it's like five seconds later, he comes out of the bathroom and they're like, you're blonde. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Hey, yeah I didn't look bad with blonde hair at all. No, you're right. No, Danny DeVito like, as a blonde, utter bombshell. Yeah, it looked good. He's ev- I mean, it was like, it wasn't even like completely blonde. Like it had like, you know, a l- couple of patches of the dark hair as well still in there. And it was just like, you know, you, know, you roll with, roll with the punches sometimes. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Um... So Matilda's powers come in early in the film. That yes. That was a, That's the other thing. That's an interesting choice, and in some ways, I'm like, I mean, not in some ways, I'm fine with it because in the book, it's pretty much like not until like halfway through, like the first time, uh, the first time we see Matilda have powers, is the whole tipping of the, the jug, with the newt in it, and in the movie it actually happens before she ever goes to school and she's watching television with her family and she blows the tv up very strongly (laughs) uh it's a bit i don't know her her her, in general her powers are a lot more in the movie i guess because you know it's a visual medium and we gotta make everything a bit bigger pretty sure i've mentioned that in, in in the past where it seems as soon as you take a a a book form and you move into a visual medium for some reason everyone decides you gotta up it to like the 10th degree but yeah like her power comes early and it's an explosion of a television and i'm not against it like in a way it could be it's a great way to get people interested early in the in the get invested a bit earlier in it but you're kind of invested because you're dealing with a kid who's dealing with abuse and i don't know like what are, what are your thoughts on the whole 
bringing Matilda's powers in early. I honestly liked what the movie did. I don't, it didn't have to be like early running time wise, but I don't like the book's explanation of, you know, when her powers, they go away. And, you know, at least temporarily, as far as we know, at the end of the book. And Miss Honey says, I think it's because you were not intellectually stimulated enough in a class for kids your age. You needed to be in a higher grade. And I don't like that explanation very much, honestly, because she was also intellectually bored at home. So why wouldn't it make sense for her powers to show up there? Her her boredom isn't limited to schoolwork. And... Right. And I liked, I actually liked the TV scene because the show they chose to use was so utterly insipid and stupid of like sticky people in a, in one of those like money booths. I hated it too. And if I could blow up a TV and someone was like, cause her dad's forcing her head still to watch this ridiculous scene. And it made sense. Although I have a suspicion her powers show up earlier than she thought either way. Because even in the book, when Miss Trunchbull first throws that girl with the braids because she hates braids, when she throws her over the fence, she lands very gracefully and like hops to a stop. Whereas the previous boy she threw apparently broke some bones, as far as Matilda and Lavender heard. So I think her powers helped her have that girl, like give that girl a graceful landing as early as that. And she just didn't know. Interesting. No, you could be right. I I like that theory a lot. Oh my god, thank you. Um, Well, I like that theory. And in a way, by having that theory, I I, I now actually like Roald Dahl's... um, Because it seems more so that her powers come when she's trying to help someone. Yes. Or... So then it sort of nullifies the whole television well i guess like i mean she's helping herself which is good but it sort of nullifies it but it it seems more so like her powers come about when she wants to really help someone and i I do like that theory of she's helping the uh i I don't remember the little girl's name but the the little pigtailed girl i I do like that a lot it's a good theory or it's now canon i am gonna say it should be it's now canon the matilda reverse and also, I, I just love, that was such pure childhood, is that scene where she's, like, using her powers to eat cereal and little bitty pretty one is playing. It's a great scene. And mm-hmm. she's just dancing around all the objects. Like, that's exactly what a kid would do if they had magic powers. <laughs> I do I do now um, want a, a sequel to Matilda where she grows up and now she has to work a job where she's not mentally stimulated <laughs> yeah. ends up like and like she has to use her powers to like change things i i'm i'm down for a sequel to matilda someone write it i you know what you know i'll take i'll take the job <laughs> matilda too matilda's revenge <laughs> she becomes like a super villain that would be I'm amazing shit I mean, like, if she's constantly being abused, like, it would make sense. Like, you'd end up... Like, it picks up where the book left off, and Miss Honey dies, like, a couple of weeks later. Yeah. So she has to go to a, an orphanage now, because her parents are gone, and the orphanage sucks. And, yeah. Well, she she would become, like, a kind of, like, a Doctor Doom-type character, where Doctor Doom is, like, this super intelligent being, uh, man, 
who who has like these great powers and he ends up really like dr doom isn't really a bad guy like he creates like a super society like i mean in a way he's kind of a dictator within the society but like if it wasn't for his hyper intelligence like there wouldn't be like this huge technology boom and so i don't know like i I feel i would love a a matilda (laughs) like that um (laughs) I, I any that's that's gonna be my matilda fan fiction that i'm gonna write up um <laughs> you should uh so do 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 another another thing another thing <laughs> um and you know another so thing. what another thing when 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 matilda in the film she gets she she gets thrown in the chokey which doesn't happen in in the book she gets put in the chokey but in how does how does miss trunchbull not you know recognize that matilda's now in the class when she shouldn't be and she's not and she's not in the chokey yeah she doesn't say anything i know it was really weird to me like i was like we're not going to acknowledge this like Sure, you have, like, Miss Honey running and going and, and, and saving Matilda, which is a nice moment. But it was just, but it just, like, it was, like, we're just going to throw this little thing in here that ends up not affecting the story at all because Miss Honey is just going to come and save you. And then it doesn't cause anything to happen when she's now back in the classroom. There's not like there was no point. There was absolutely no point of it, and I I, I was like, because I remember like being like, like as a kid, I was like, oh no, no Matilda's in the chokey. But like as an adult, I'm like, what was the point of doing that? She's in the chokey for no like point. five seconds, you know? Yeah, yeah, and like, I don't know, like, like especially when like the the chokey's like the worst possible thing, and it's just like, there was really no point. I uh, we're just gonna do this just to. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of why. And another thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it doesn't choke you. Why is it called a chokey? Why not the pokey? I don't know. That's, that's better. Because you'll get poked if you lean on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Sorry. Yeah. Which I got to say, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the movie version, it does have like a window in there. It ain't bad. You got some air. You can look out at freedom. Yeah, it's like you know, just just rest up against the window. Like you could, like the kids are small. Like you know, if you if you plan it out rightly, you could fucking like Rapunzel down that shit. Um, <laughs> and like that kind of makes it less scary because, I mean, maybe freedom is more tempting when you can see it, but also you're less claustrophobic, which is another one of the scary features of those things. Is you're just mm-hmm. feeling really confined on all sides. That is true. All right, so we got to talk about the star of the show, not Matilda. I mean, like, good job. Good job, actress who played Matilda. But fucking Pam Ferris, Miss Trunchbull. Yes. And this is our Harry Potter connection. Did you think we forgot about those? We didn't. Now, Pam also plays Aunt Marge. And I didn't notice this, but a friend, James, noticed this, which is really cool. In with, There's a quote from Trunchbull that says... 
bear the rod, spoil the child. And in Prisoner of Azkaban as Aunt Marge, she says, use the rod, beat the child. Which is very cool. She loves to beat children across different movies. I'm just saying we got to watch out for her. I, I also, like, reading this book, I, I, I'm wondering, I am wondering how much J.K. Rowling used it as inspiration for Harry Potter. That's a good fucking point. Magic has no, saved like, uh, a child from a terrible situation. Well, and you you have you have a terrible upbringing with kids, and and like, like it's basically like this terrible upbringing ends up forcing the the powers to happen and come about. Sure, like in Harry Potter, he's being raised by his 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 aunt and uncle, but it's still dealing with two shitty guardians, and. I, and they have a son that's also shitty towards them. And basically, you have this intelligent kid, Harry Potter not being as intelligent as Matilda, but you have a kid who's an outsider in a family and is uh, ends up, you know, finding finding some powers to sort of deal with it. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it it was interesting to me, and I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I, I, I she she definitely used it as some sort of inspiration. I feel like, and there's not, I mean, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. And every writer has to have some sort of some story that inspires them in their writing. So, I think Matilda was potentially the one. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, maybe maybe it's the same universe, and Matilda's gonna get her letter from Hogwarts, but she's not eleven yet. I'm All just right. saying, no. <laughs> um, Hermione, watch out! There's a there's a new bad bitch witch in town. Yeah, and she's been reading. She taught herself how to read Hermione. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Learn from your yeah, parents? Look- uh, your dentist parents? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only smart mud blood. Yeah. Oh. Oh dear. Okay. Wait. We're not. We're not here to talk slurs. Um. Uh, okay so i have a question though yes why does roald dahl hate butch women um yeah i was reading up on that um i don't know maybe maybe he well i'm trying to think like you also i mean look i'm mostly kidding i'm kidding i do understand making her physically formidable makes her scarier because she's so strong right and yeah and and like i'm like the thing is like i don't think it's like a bad trope it's just sort of like i was just i'm just sort of like trying to play with what i was like reading up on and like trying to see things from people's perspectives but i really don't think it's a bad thing there's nothing scarier than a really large person as a kid like if you're really tiny like matilda so it's sort of like you said a formidable foe and i don't know and also, if she's a fucking, like, hammer thrower, she's going to be a large woman. There's nothing, like, you got to be a you gotta be a pretty big person in order to do those hammer throws. Like, I couldn't fucking do it. I'm a skinny twig. It wouldn't work for me. I don't got the, uh, I got, I don't got the, uh, central, um, velocity to, to, to be able to pull that shit off. Well, I think that's just in knowing how to turn and building up the centripetal force. But, like... Right, but you also have to like have a good center of gravity. Yeah, 
That's true. You have to be. Mm-hmm, you have to, it's it's it, there's so much that goes into like the hammer throw. Like it's a it's you're working pretty much every section of your body, and you got to have a good center of gravity. And me, I'd probably like just flip the fuck over. Yeah. No, I would, and then drop it. Like I'd drop it on my foot and like fuck up all my toes. <laughs> but no, I and it is actually really fun to watch these events. Like people are insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's very graceful. I've. I've always liked the hammer throw, and I've always liked the shot put as well. It's in- yeah. Like, there's like one like I want to know what made humans decide, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is a thing now. Um, like javelin, it makes sense. Like that's fucking like spear throwing. But what 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 where does like the fucking uh like shot put come from? I guess maybe moving cannonballs and shit. But I think that was around before cannonballs. What do you so, mean? No, it is the most like fucking innate human thing as children to see who can throw something further. So I, I, to me, it makes me think true. of like kids just like All throwing right. rocks across the lake to see who can throw a rock further, and they're like, "Wait, what if we make it really, really heavy?" <laughs> All right. No, you got a good point there. I like that. Uh, because the heavier the object is, you don't have to have a massive arena. Because imagine if everyone's just throwing little rocks, you're like walking forever trying to find where the fucking thing landed. <laughs> but if it's just in like within certain bounds, because no one can humanly throw it insanely far, who knows? Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm, give me one second. I'm looking up the uh, world record for shot, but <laughs> Miss Trunchbull, Michael, it's Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> 23.12 meters. Damn. What the fuck? And that's for the shot put. Let's look up hammer throw. I'd like to be that strong. Jesus. Jesus Christ. All right. The Olympic record horror holder horror. is Sergi. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the Olympic, the Olympic record, record holder is your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the Olympic record holder is Sergi Litv- Litvinov with a throw of 84.80 meters for the Soviet Union 1988. Uh, the is world he record holder, well, if it was 88, he's probably like, you know, in his 60s or 70s right now. I love someone who's washed out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> the world record holder is his compatriot Yuri. I can't. Holy fuck! I some 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 Russian names. Um, Yuri Sedik, Sedik, who threw eighty six point seventy four meters in nineteen eighty six. So that's the world record right there. Eighty six point seventy four meters with a hammer throw. You know, this is a good transition into thank you, Russia, because we get weekly like emails telling how we're ranking in different countries and we're currently ranking really well in Russia. So thanks, Russian listeners. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> we'll have more fun facts about Russia as long as we stay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to work on our hammer throws. Yeah, just keep us ranked. Um, and also Denmark. Thank you, Denmark. Like, what's up? What's happening? Why are you guys listening to us? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> But yeah. All right, and another thing. Yeah, go ahead. There's a fantastic character they kind of keep but don't quite honor as well in the movie, and that's Hortensia. So, the first time we meet Trunchbull, she comes out to the schoolyard. All the kids are terrified. Who's she gonna go after? What pissed her off today? And 
Matilda and Lavender are chilling, and this big, like, older kid comes up and is like, by the way, Kate Winslet does the voice amazingly for Hortensia. Um, <laughs> yes. And Trunchbull. Like, holy shit, that woman can voice act out her ass. But, like, she's kind of there in the movie to provide you, like, back round information and dialogue but in the book she like seems like she's gonna come harass these little kids but instead she starts to regale them with stories of how she's fucked with trunchbull and like i love that line in the book where it says matilda and lavender like we're recognizing a true master of the craft and we're like mesmerized by her (laughs) um Mm -hmm. because she'd been in the chokey twice and she like what was it like glued her to her chair with like honey um something like that yeah like Hortensia was such a cool person um and then one thing they did keep from the scene that I love is when she first approaches the pigtail girl and the pigtail girl's like well my mommy likes my braids and she goes your mother is a twit <laughs> like and they kept that line and I love it so much <laughs> uh, twit's such a good word it's I a word agree. that I need to add more to my to my uh vocabulary fucking fucking british people have have the best little 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 words we just stick with you know you're a asshole you're a you're a big big jerk that's a that's what americans say yes yeah, a big big right. jerk <laughs> 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 i i call people jerks sure michael no but that's like that's the beauty of the original because obviously matilda's american no, 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 but the book is from the uk and like the uk dialogue is fucking phenomenal and like the dialogue throughout it is just lovely so i wish Mm -hmm. come on britain reclaim matilda make a british version that'd be great so on top of you know the set design it's very 90s everything is, is is super fucking 90s you know how you know you're in a fucking you're watching a fucking 90s film? Hmm. Tell me. When they decide to play Send Me On Your Way by Rusted Root multiple times, you know it's a fucking 90s film. I don't know this song. You know, Send Me On My Way. You know, they play it twice in the film at the beginning oh, and the end. The one with the whistling. Yes. It ended up being like used in like Ice Age. And You're so right. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's the most nineties like song. Uh <laughs> good times. I actually saw them live uh back when I was a kid. I think when I was like ten or twelve. Something like that. It was a fun concert. Yeah. I bet. That's awesome. And that's how you knew you were a nineties kid forever. Yep. Uh, I don't think I was ever really like a 90s kid. I never really like enjoyed 90s culture that much. I liked, you know, it's funny. I was going through some albums I found. I had a lot of sick windbreakers. And as a kid, there was one, there's some pictures of me. We went to the beach and I'm on a trampoline and I'm decked out in 101 Dalmatians gear. I had the shirt. I had the pants. (laughs) I had the fucking shoes. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Like, like. Like oh, Dalmatian some... polka dot pants? Is that what like you're talking about? No, like actual pictures of like the 101 Dalmatians, like in the middle oh of the shirt. God, it was yes. the print of the pants. I had these giant ass fuzzy scrunchies, and my mom was doing all sorts of insane hairstyles on me. There were braids coming out of places. It yeah, the 90s were an interesting time. <laughs> uh, it was like you know, it was like 
everyone decided let's just throw everything at the wall and let it all stick. We're just going to lather up the wall with some Gorilla Glue. It's all going to stick there. 90s was Just everything. like Mr. Wormwood's hat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I really recommend people read this because it's great. And like, yeah, it it didn't feel like reading a children's book, honestly. No, it's it was it's it was of the children's books we read this month. I would say this one actually might be my favorite because of how adult it was. Also, I love how Matilda at the age of like four read The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner and <laughs> there's like fucking adults that can't get through that thing because it's, it's messes with time and is convoluted as fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, but, let's give a shout out to that librarian who's like, yeah, I'm not yeah. comfortable with the fact that a four year old's walking here alone every day, but it seems like she really wants to read, so I'm gonna help her and recommends Charles Dickens, which is mm-hmm. like. It's an adult author, but something I could really see a kid enjoying. So that's a great recommendation for a kid reading early. And then is like, you know, you can take the books home. And so I do like how they, yeah. in the movie they had the scene of her with the wagon. Yeah, that was nice. I I was also surprised that there was like, no, like when they say Dickens, I was surprised like she wasn't reading like Oliver Twist. Instead, she's like given like great expectations, which also I guess kind of makes sense. Now that I think about it for this story because it that's a great way of teach that's a great book about teaching that life just doesn't fucking turn out the way you expect yeah yeah good old librarians they're uh they're the backbone of this country in our education system i agree and unfortunately libraries are becoming less and less of a thing and it's making me really fucking sad i used to spend so much fucking time in the library yeah same i mean i don't know i would honestly say I'm not sure about libraries. I know local bookstores are doing better, which is great. Because, like, please support your local bookstores. Yeah, because the pandemic. The pandemic has forced, like, people to start reading again. But even before. <laughs> no, they were doing better. I guess also people weren't turning so much to, like, big brand stuff. And, like, I know it's so easy. Amazon gets everything to you in two days. But, like, your local mm. bookstores also probably, you probably have one within a 10-minute drive. Um, yeah, so you could literally get it the same day. Yeah, and they need your money more. Into a store. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, because they're, they're they're people who live in your town that are that are t- supporting the idea of reading and educating oneself through the written word. So, and they all have like used yeah. books that you can get for like a dollar too. God, I I there's a couple used bookstores in my city, and I love them so much, and. The other day, I I had to get my car fixed, and I spent like probably like two hours in like this used bookstore, and it was great. Uh, I love it. Yeah, like I have one near me where um, they're also they also sell comic books, and they had like they were just giving out these X Men cards. So I got X Men cards as nice. like bookmarks. I got like Wolverine and Jean Grey and Storm, and it was they're just really cool to have, but. You never know. Just go visit. You'll find something. Mm-hmm. I promise. Yeah, and if you if you can't find it on your own, just talk to your 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 local librarian. They can help you out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, next week we're doing the BFG. Roll doll part two.
Yeah, it's half roll doll month. I don't know. It's funny, until you brought it up, we haven't... It's on our list, but we'll, we'll get to Wonka at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm still surprised uh, Charlie and the Glass Elevator hasn't gotten turned into a film, because as weird as Willy Wonka's factory is, Charlie and the Glass Elevator is even fucking crazier. <laughs> they go into space. There's aliens. It gets real wacky. It's a good time. You know, I never read it. I, I should check that out. Mm -hmm. I read it as a kid. I don't remember too much of it, but I just remember it being fucking bizarre. But, uh, yeah. BFG. Looking forward to it. I actually haven't ever read the BFG, so. Me neither. What's up? Let's do it. Hell yeah. And are we doing the the new movie version of it that came out? I guess. Sure. The 2016 one directed by Steven Spielberg. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. All right. I'm all for this. Cool. So awesome. thanks for being here. We'll see you mm -hmm. next time. Thanks. Thanks for being you. And if you're Russian, thank you for being Russian. You know, I, I guess like, you know, wherever you're from, thanks for thanks for being wherever you're from. But yeah, the Russians seem to be enjoying what we're doing these days. <laughs> Russian fan service. We're here for it. We got you. Hey, um, we're going to simp on all the Russians. Pretty much. And yeah, till next time, read a fucking book and don't be such a twit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Meat. Amanda Thrip. Yes, Miss Trunchbull. What are those? What's what, Miss Trunchbull? Hanging down by your ears. You mean my pigtails? Are you a pig, Amanda? No, Miss Trunchbull. Do I allow pigs in my school? My mommy thinks they're sweet. Your mommy is a twit.